0: Hi everyone, I'm Jocelyn Yagusa and welcome to Impact Chronicles, a platform where we explore the world of social impact, innovation and entrepreneurship in the African context. On each episode, we will feature enterprises that are combining impact with sustainability and profit. Today we chat to Julia Pierre-Nina, co-founder of Fundi Africa, a digital marketplace that connects skilled workers in Tanzania with potential jobs.
1: So Fundi is actually run by three people, essentially. Um, Andy Sanchez, who is from Mexico, uh, Savan Karmandarian who is from Jordan, and myself. The reason that they are that they were sort of interested by the idea that I put forward was that they could identify with similar issues coming from countries that are
0: in the process of developing as well and growing. That's very, very interesting. So what was your trigger? Is there something specific that happened? Um, Definitely.
1: So I think
0: the trigger had to do mainly
1: with, especially in Tanzania, we don't have very much of a middle class. Um, Mm. It's just sort of budding at the moment, but doesn't really exist to the extent that it does in many countries. And... um, the particular idea for Fundi came with a came through an interaction that I had with someone named Rama. He's a, he's a carpenter, and I was living in Dar es Salaam at the time. And as I had just moved, basically, to to run the social enterprise, and as many people do, you, you kind of you don't go to a furniture store like you you get someone to come and and fix uh, your couch or build a couch for you or something like that. And so I had found him through a referral because my building manager happened to use him and I was really pleasantly surprised by my interactions with him. And once he had finished the job, um, he would keep calling me and he would say, you know, do you have, uh, any more work for me? And I'd always have to say like, no, you know, I have everything I need. And something that really bothered me was the fact that here was an individual who was really professional, um, who was working actually really hard, who had a high standard of work, but didn't really seem to have any access to to opportunity. So the fact that he was, you know, pushing himself to try and find work, or that he was, you know, doing extra training in order to to perfect his craft had no impact whatsoever on whether or not he got work. Yeah. And I would always have, you know, conversations with friends of mine who would say, Oh, you know, I got this, this fundi, which in in Swahili is the word for like a skilled worker, basically. And it's not an uncommon thing when they say, Oh my gosh, you know, I hired this fundi and he's a nightmare and he broke this thing or and, but they would still hire him again, and they would be like, well, you know, why are you doing that? And the reality is, the better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Um, <laughs> you know, the, there's just really no way to find skilled workers um, unless it's through, through word of mouth. And you have no way of verifying how good they are at their job or how ethical they are, if you can trust them or not. And on the same, on the same sort of wavelength, the fundies on the other end have no way of proving how trustworthy they are, are, no way of proving, um, how skilled they are, how good they are at their job, what training they've had. And so I realized that basically there is, it's not a fair market. It's a totally uncompetitive market where, where people are unable to, compete with each other or benefit from doing things that you generally would benefit from. So whether it's getting an extra certification or, you know, working longer hours, you have no way of showing that or benefiting from it, Mm. Um, which in itself sort of feeds back into, you know, what's the point of trying to do a good job if it's not going to benefit you in any way? So that's sort of where the initial idea came from is it's like there just seems to be a very unjust, if you will, or unfair system because of a lack of of competition and and opportunity within that field. And in a lot of African countries, over 50 percent of the job market or the work done is is informal. So you have a huge percentage of this of the population in Africa working in these kinds of markets where there really is no competition or systematic way of rewarding or having any consistency so that that's sort of where fundi's original idea came from
0: so how does fundi work what uh what are the mechanics so the idea the very basic
1: idea for fundi is to connect skilled workers in the informal market with ad hoc job opportunities the idea is based on concepts that are starting to appear in the market, such as Uber or Jumia, um, which allow direct communication between two different individuals for, in order to facilitate a transaction. Oh. So right now, Kundi is not an app, but it will be. At the moment, we are using a web-based, so through a website. And WhatsApp to work and Basically what we do is it works a little bit like the uber model. So a customer would go onto the website and then from that go to WhatsApp and tell us a few basic things one is uh, When do they need someone? Where do they need them and what type of fundi do they need? Um, then what we would do is is we have a database of around a hundred people working with us right now who we have vetted. So we go through a-, a vetting process where we seek out individuals and we go through a vetting process of their skill set as well as their-, their references and trustworthiness to try and have as the cream of the crop, so to speak, in this network. We then put out A message to the specific database so if it's someone who needs a plumbing job we communicate with all of our plumbers and say listen we have this job at this time at this place and the person who is available responds to that and gets the job they then um, get sent to the specific location and our prices are based on on a range but they're all set so again part of the fundi model is looking at specifically the african context and some of the the challenges we face and one of those challenges is negotiation so we decided to try and have a more consistent consistent pricing scheme one that is which we've done through (laughs) a lot of interviews (laughs) trying to find the, the, the sort of exact price point between where the fundi feels he's being fairly paid and where the customer feels that he's not being ripped off, so we use a set pricing scale, um, and then basically they get paid through M-Pesa once the job is done, and they receive a, a rating and review, which then goes towards their their profile.
0: Wow, um, I like that you spoke about having to identify an African problem and so solve it the african way what other experiences have you had with that? definitely so context is one of my favorite words
1: um Mm -hmm. potentially it's overused but but it's very true you you can't put a square puzzle piece into a a a triangular hole so to speak and so there's been a few things that we've identified that are pain points for our customers so and, and for the fundees themselves. So one of them, as I had mentioned, is negotiation. Mm. Um, in which case, we've sort of tried to come up with a set pricing range. Um, and the way that we've done that is not necessarily by hour because people don't aren't really able or don't calculate their work by hours. <laughs> exactly. And so what we did is we kind of worked backwards. We said, okay, we have people who, who the customer who wants a more structured approach and the fundie who wants to look at the problem and say, well, this one is more this or this one is more this. Or how do we find a middle ground? So we said, okay, let's not do it by hour. Let's do it by time frame. So we have short jobs, half-day jobs, and full-day jobs, which is a bit more in the scope of what a fundi is um, can, can predict because he can go to a job and be like, okay, I have fixed this kind of plumbing before, it takes me about this much time. And then, according to those three slots, we apply a, a time frame. Um, oh. a price, sorry, not a time frame. So, the short job, which is between one and three hours, will receive one price for a plumber, um, a, sh- a half day job will receive another price for a plumber, and a long day job will be, a whole day job will be the same. So that's, that's one of the things that we're doing. Now, within the pricing range, we're also addressing another problem, which has got to do with what I mentioned before, that there is no motivation for people necessarily to perform well because there is no reward system. So what we've done within our pricing range is we actually have three levels. We have entry level, uh, second level, and third level. So what happens is if a fundi... Manages to maintain a high rating for a certain period of time, he actually moves up in price bracket. So he will get more money for the same job, which takes the same amount of time, because he has, you know, been professional. He has showed up on time, um, and he has finished the work to a high quality standard. So that's one of the things that we're trying to incorporate: a reward system. Whereby people are motivated to actually improve at their skill and do better rather than
0: just finish the job. Okay, um, so what are, what are your results so far and how do you measure your impact? So basically we've been running
1: for about just over half a year. Um, we've completed over 60 jobs so far um, as part of our pilot. So we're actually, as you're speaking to me now, we're actually just in the process of sort of officially launching Um, and we have, I guess at this point, the effectiveness is shown through people's willingness to adhere to this sort of a new system because sort of digital commerce is quite new, at least in Tanzania, Um, Uber is perhaps the, the biggest one at the moment along with Jumia, um, where people are starting to, you know, think about ratings and feedback and, and value those sorts of things. And so we have it, like I said, we have about 100 fundies right now who have signed up and are willing to follow this kind of system. And that's actually quite uh, exciting for us. So their willingness to to approach work in a different way, to do things differently than they did them before. Um, That's the first achievement. Uh, The second achievement is the reviews that we've had from the customers that we've worked with and having repeat customers. So we found that people are actually really happy with working in this sort of way and have a lot more confidence in looking for someone Um, through a platform rather than just asking a friend or something like that. So, in terms of that, those I think are our key achievements so far. So, providing um, opportunities to, at this point, over 60 people. And also seeing a positive change in terms of people's willingness to adapt to a new way of work. So, uh,
0: what do you have envisioned for the enterprise in the future years?
1: What we really want to do is to couple, and I guess perhaps this is what everyone aims to do, is to couple effectiveness with scale. So what we want to do is provide as many opportunities to as many people as possible. Um, And that means tapping, really tapping into into the market and trying to capture as many people as possible, both on the side of the fundi and the side of the customer, so people who are willing to use the app in order to access new workers and for the workers to be willing to to basically set up a profile and do that. And in that way, we can hopefully try and improve I, essentially the economy by having people have more regular work. Part of what we want to do as well is to not just have it be a transactional company. It's not just about getting people connected to the work and then, you know, that that's it for us. But it's about helping people improve as well. So not only are we doing that through our incentives, but we, we are also doing that through providing opportunities. So, for example, um, if someone has a high rating for a certain period of time, they would get entered into a training program, which addresses, let's say, professionalism or perhaps gets them the next level of certification in being an electrician. So it's about ultimately trying to build capacity, trying to build the way in which people work. So improving levels of professionalism and thus also opportunity. And then ultimately, hopefully supporting people and enabling them to move into a sort of higher economic bracket to give them more opportunities to, to sort
0: of support themselves. And we're almost drawing to a close. Do you have specific sustainable development goals that your enterprise focuses on? The one that best fits what we're doing would be
1: the the eighth one, which is decent work and economic growth. So we this applies to us in a few different ways. Number one is it's not just about, yes, First step one is getting people into positions of work. But the second thing is making sure that people are also paid fairly because we cannot have economic growth if people are earning much less than they need to survive, even if they are working. The first step is getting them the jobs. The second step is ensuring that they are being paid enough so that they are actually able to support themselves and reinvest into the economy. And part of that is, I think, being responsible in in the provision of jobs. Now, we're not hiring people, but we are facilitating. And through our facilitation, uh, improving capacity is part of that mandate. And in that way, we feel we can not only help people perhaps improve the number of jobs that they're getting currently, but also
0: improve their skill sets, which will ultimately lead to more opportunities down the road. Any advice to our audience, who are mainly people also in the social impact sphere? What have you learned so far? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> have we
1: got another hour? I would say, I mean, I don't know if I'm in a position to give advice, because I think, and perhaps this is the advice, is that context is, has been everything in, in my experience that particularly when working at least within the African context it, it's so key to look at a problem from from every angle and understand all the stakeholders and, and why that problem even exists in trying to solve it um, I think that within the social enterprise field we tend to always want to do good through some kind of economic uh, development method however I think it's it's very important that we're also very realistic about the context in which we work, uh, that we work in economies that are dependent on, on growth and profit. And I think the more sort of realistic that we can be with ourselves and the less naive, um, the more effective we can be. So, you know, really understanding things in, in their entirety. Um, And trying to be as realistic as possible, I think, is the best way to to achieve our our ultimate outcomes. It would be it would be really great as well, you know, to whoever, you know, in your audience happens to be reading this or listening to this. One of the things that we would really like to do is is to collaborate, because we believe that in order to be effective, you can't just be a one man, a one man team, so to speak. And We would be very keen to see who else is out there and what they're doing and what the areas of collaboration are because um, we truly believe that without being too cliche that together we can achieve far more than we can as, as individuals
0: yes. yeah in the social impact sphere collaboration is everything it's key uh, in terms of scaling is is your enterprise just working in tanzania for now do you have any future plans of going to other countries Yes, for sure. So right now we are piloting Dar es Salaam, um,
1: that happens to be the place where we have the most experience and where we've identified the need. But expanding to other African countries is definitely within our plans. So we're looking at cities like Lagos, um, Nairobi, Johannesburg, so more uh, dense locations or densely populated locations where this kind of a model would be effective.
0: Nice. Where can we find out more about the work that you do?
1: The best place would probably be either on on WhatsApp at fundi.africa, F-U-N-D-I, or through our website, which is fundi-africa.com. Um, So that's where we keep all our information, but we're, of course, able to to answer any questions or ideas for collaboration through LinkedIn as well. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and we're on LinkedIn, all under Fundi Africa as two separate words, so F-U-N-D-I Africa.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's episode and you'll join us for the next one. To stay abreast with what is going on on our platform, subscribe to our newsletter. And don't forget to follow Impact Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Medium. If you'd like to be a part of the show, contact us on editor at impactchronicles.com. Till next time, goodbye.